back. Turn to your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Isaiah, chapter 66. If you'd like to follow along and take notes this morning on the Mother's Day, you may do so in our sermon study guide. If you don't want to, just sit back and enjoy this Mother's Day word to us all this morning. The top ten things I learned from my mother. This is going to be edifying. Get ready. You might want to write these down. The top ten things that Pastor Phil Christ learned from his mother. My mom taught me religion. She would say, you better pray this comes out of the carpet. My mom taught me about time travel. If you don't straighten up, I'll knock you to the middle of next week, she would say. My mom taught me to think ahead. Did your mother ever tell you this? Make sure you wear clean underwear in case you're in an accident. And if I had a nickel for every time I heard that one. My mother taught me about mood swings. Oh, she was a psychologist. Keep laughing and I'll give you something to cry about. My mom taught me how to perform the impossible. (laughs) Shut your mouth and eat your supper. (laughs) My mom taught me to be a, 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 a contortionist. Will you look at that dirt on the back of your neck? And how do you do that? My mother taught me humor. My mother would say, when that lawnmower cuts off your toes, don't you come running to me. (laughs) My mother taught me about genetics. Uh, You're just like your father. My mother taught me about physiology. If you don't stop crossing your eyes, they're going to freeze that way forever. And of course, of course, my mother taught me about the circle of life. Phil, I brought you into this world and I can take you out of it. My mom, my mom, God bless her heart. As she was in our second service, she taught me so much. But my mom never had two sets of twins. A set of boy twins, a set of girl twins like somebody we all know. I'm going to ask at this time for Julie, my daughter, to get prepared to get ready. First, we're going to show you a little clip of what was just aired on national TV. Go ahead and play that clip right now. Up there in the video booth, amen. Up TV celebrates one of life's biggest moments. With the new original series expected, Friday night. We got married, then two years later. Surprise twins. It's their stories. I'm expecting again. Yay! Their cameras. So we figured having another one would just be a piece of cake. Sharing every moment of their journeys. We got a huge surprise. Expecting an all-new episode, Friday night at 9, only on Up. Well, as many of you know... My wife and I are grandparents of a set of twin boys, age seven, a set of twin girls, now age one, and their mother is joining me in presenting this message this morning. Put your hands together and give Julie Christ Hakes a real good welcome this morning. Amen. Hey, honey, you ready to do this one more time? Amen. Amen. You see, 
when God chose to illustrate his best for his people, he chose to illustrate his devotion to us by using the example of who? Isaiah 66, 13, as a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. Just as the Lord used motherhood to reveal spiritual truth to us, let's discover this morning those special mom moments uh, that really reveal the calling God has placed upon our life, that, that reveal his will for us and how to enjoy your best life now as a Christian. This morning, we share with you a dad, a daughter, and God's mom moments. First of all, this morning, real moms are examples of God's encouragement. Julie's coming right now to share about how moms are real encouragers. Good morning and happy Mother's Day. I had a Mother's Day miracle. We, as a family of, of six, arrived here at 8 a.m. So, <laughs> so encouragement. Um, from the sidelines of soccer games to the grandstands of graduation, moms know how to encourage. They laugh at all of your jokes, believe you're the best catch, and knows without a shadow of a doubt, you're God's gift to the world. Our homes are plastered by celebrating your existence. Hallways are your hall of fame, from little league baseball headshots to that infamous middle school class photo where acne and braces were a death sentence. <laughs> But we moms saw you as a supermodel, an all-star, history in the making. And somewhere in our homes, there's a Rubbermaid tub filled with elementary projects of macaroni abstract art, googly-eyed puppets, hand-scrawled cards, certificates, badges, awards, trophies, a mother's treasure box. Evidence to prove to the world that her baby is remarkable. For she's already prepared for when that day comes to hand over your baby blanket to the, to the Smithsonian. Even when there's doubt, we encourage. You can do it. I believe in you is our lingua franca. In high school, my mom was a team mom. Because I was captain of Eisenhower's speech team. <laughs> From 7 a.m. to 4 p.m., she helped with concessions and then would watch four rounds of high schoolers present 10-minute speeches on topics like urban development in Uganda or the history of weapons of mass destruction. So there, in an audience of four, she would sit there, face propped up and smiling. And when I spoke, it didn't matter that I was an insecure 10th grader, bombed math, or I had no clue what I was talking about, because mom was there. And so, like her last fall, I became a team mom, 
to Jack and Logan's Lego Robotics League. You can see we're not sports people. (laughs) These first graders had to engineer and computer program a solution to water flow problem and give a presentation. And I thought my Tetris skills were cool. And the scene was something else, pint-sized people giving presentations to engineers and and scientists with zero fashion sense. So the boys, it was their turn. They presented, demonstrated the robot. It worked. They won. And I went bonkers. My sign, Red Jack and Logan Rock at Hydroelectricity. There were streamers, shouts, and hugs. And why am I this crazy passionate about my kids? Because somewhere amongst the calamity of growing up in this insane culture, my kids can always count on my cheers, ringing out, pushing through it all to hear and know, I'm proud of you, you can do it, now win. My youngest daughter, Jenny, was babysitting Friday night over at their house. And as she was taking care of the twin girls, all of a sudden she heard Jack and Logan in the family room watching TV. There must be some show or some movie or uh, some special presentation that's coming on TV that uh, was being uh, advertised. And the name of it is You're Just Average. You're just average. And Logan, Jenny could hear this, Logan leaned over to his older brother by 30 seconds. Jack, Logan leaned over to Jack and said, What, what does your just average mean, Jack? And Jack quickly responded, That's you, Logan. You're just average. You're just average. Listen, listen, the problems, the vicissitudes, the circumstances, the difficulties, the negativity of people, the injustices of life, the storms, the giants of life can do that to you. Make you feel like you're less than average, less than nothing. That's why it is so important, not only to be an encourager, but... God's word to you this morning is encourage yourself in the Lord. Encourage you to enjoy your best life now. Mark it down. It's vital you encourage yourself in the Lord. 1 Samuel 30 verse 6, David encouraged himself at the lowest point of his life to that time. When the people were talking about stoning him and killing him, He encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Listen, are you sitting around waiting for God to change your circumstances? And then you're going to be happy? Then you're going to move in God confidence? Then you're going to lift your hands after the miracle, after the problem is healed? Then you're going to lift your hands and thank the Lord? You get it all backwards. 
You're being ruled by your emotions. You're being ruled by the circumstances of life. You're more focused on your problems than on the problem solver. But when you encourage yourself in the Lord, you refuse to wave the white flag of surrender. You refuse to be ruled by your feelings, but you walk by faith. Encouraging yourself in the Lord is standing up on the inside instead of being kowtowed and and bowing to, to what the enemy would whisper in your ear. You're just average. You're less than nothing. You're not going to be uh, healed. You're not going to see your children serving God. You're never going to make it. You're never going to prosper. You're never going to pay off your bills. You're never going to be delivered of that dreaded disease. When you stand up on the inside, you're encouraging yourself in the Lord. You're choosing to be a winner instead of a whiner. Listen, sir, ma'am, young person, when God created you, He placed within you the seeds of greatness. He placed within you the seeds of increase. He placed within you the seeds of success and blessing and favor. You're a child of God. God takes care of His children. The Bible says in Romans 8, if God did not spare His own Son, Jesus, will He not give us all things? My Bible and your Bible says in Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. You are destined for breakthrough. That's why I got the banner on the wall. You were destined to be one who breaks barriers, one who breaks through. Listen, if you're saying, well, pastor, you don't understand. We're retired now. You ought to be refired. If you're over the hill, you ought to be going faster. Never stop growing. Never stop impacting this world for Jesus Christ. Never stop loving. Never stop increasing. Never stop moving forward uh, in God. Uh, God has better days ahead. Your best days are not behind you. Maybe I'm talking to somebody here this morning. You're enjoying a good life, a comfortable life. But you're stuck at a certain level. It's a good life. But let me remind you, the good can be the enemy of the great. God has called you to be to greatness. God's called you to be an overcomer. God has called you to do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you. God has called you to walk with the attitude of God confidence. Oh, apart from Him, I can do nothing. But with Him, all things are possible to them that believe. Maybe you feel like you've made too many mistakes. Or that you have a handicap from your past. I remind you, God doesn't uh, consult your past to determine your future. He's not limited by your circumstances. He's not contained by your background, your upbringing. I'm here to encourage you here this morning. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. In Christ Jesus, if God be for you, who or what can be against you? You're a victor, not a victim. Wake up each day and encourage yourself in the Lord. When you face a storm, encourage yourself in the Lord and say, Hey, the one who can still the storm rides in my boat. Peace, be still in the name of Jesus. When you face the giants of life, say, Hey, the one who was with 
David, little boy David, the one who quickened David to say, the battle is the Lord's. You come against me with sword, spear, and shield, but I come at you in the name of the Lord. My God is my giant killer, and it's not going to stop me from possessing the promises of God. Do you hear me in this? Consider God, not your circumstances. Walk by faith and not your feelings. Start declaring in Jesus, I may have been sick for a long time, but I know this. This sickness didn't come to stay. It's come to pass. It will pass. Uh, I may have struggled with this habit, this addiction for years, but I know my day of deliverance is coming. My children might not be right with God right now, but I'm praying for them. I'm claiming them through the cross. I'm claiming my husband through the cross, the shed blood of Jesus Christ, and it cannot be otherwise. He shall be saved. They shall be born again. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'm encouraging myself in the word of the Lord. I encourage you here this morning. Expect His faithfulness. Expect His favor. Expect His blessing. Expect breakthroughs in your life, your marriage, your family. Walk with God confidence. And when something tries to defeat you, it doesn't have a chance. Because you serve a great God. An awesome God. He's never lost a battle. He knows no retreat. He knows no defeat. Now, secondly, real moms illustrate oh i love this god's creativity moms are creative right right brain left brain it doesn't matter every mom is phenomenally creative we're da vinci of our domestic domains i've seen hurricane ridden rooms become better homes and garden cover spreads in a matter of minutes Even Facebook posts, with the right words and special filter, they can turn their kids' mediocre achievement into a Nobel Peace Prize. But nothing gets those creative juices flowing better than pressure. For Ryan and I, it happens to be cabin pressure. When our family of six hobbles through the aisle of a plane, the looks on passengers can only be described as sheer terror. (laughs) When we pass their rows, much like in Exodus, you know when the angel of death passed over, those are the same size of relief. Side note, I don't know if this is accurate theology, but pretty sure there's a massive mansion out there, and it's waiting you. For those of you who are kind to passengers with small children, they kick your seat, you giggle. So there we are, up 30,000 feet, two feet by two feet breathing space. Our seat neighbor regrets every life decision that brought him to sit next to us. And then there's turbulence. Let the fun, fun, fun begin. But we as moms stare in the face of danger and turn those eternity-long three-hour trips into a variety show. We create any amusement to keep our kids quiet. 
for flying with children is less flying-friendly skies, but more like a terrorist hostage negotiation. Crayons, iPads, candy, money, all of this is yours for silence. (laughs) But more than problem-solving, our creativity adds color to our family's world. We know how to add the extra pizzazz to our home. Our decor turns a simple dwelling into a home. Our meals add that extra flavor, as if to send the message, nobody cooks better than mama. And holidays, the noise, the special ornaments, the trees specifically decorated, the specialty dishes, the smells, the favorite carols, all orchestrated by mom. My mom made every made sure every holiday was represented in our home with flair. Who knew President's Day could actually be celebrated? <laughs> sure, it was a pain to decorate, but mom knew putting extra effort in making memories gave our family meaning. We felt special, one of a kind. And now in the Hakes home, the louder the better. Our crowning jewel Christmas tradition is my Christmas village. Think all of Bronner's shoved into a dining room. With over a hundred homes and characters, some would call this holiday hoarding a problem or a fire hazard. But for my boys, it's memories. Memories that are stored away to feel unique, to feel loved. Memories handcrafted, carefully created by a mom. Hey, would you write it down for me? Tragically, too many Christians forget God's creativity in shaping their lives, and they miss out on their divine design. Countless Christians that I've talked to, ministered to, counseled, they stop short of their destiny. They end up settling for somebody else's calling, someone else's destiny. Well, you know, my, my, my grandpa was a farmer, my dad was a farmer, so I guess I'll be a farmer. They never cross God's finish line, shouting out, I was made for this. I fulfilled My divine design, my destiny. Do you realize that there's never been anyone exactly like you? Do you realize and recognize how unique and special you really are? According to medical science, the genetics of the day, according to nurture and nature, there will never, ever be Anyone throughout eternity just like you? Science tells us this. The Bible tells us this as well. Think of it. When God made you, the angels stood back in awe and declared, uh, we've never seen one like this and we never will see one again. You're heaven's first and final attempt at you. Others might have the same talent, the same uh, gifting, but they don't approach it in the same way or with the same version. 
You're the only one with your version of your gifting. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 12, 7, the Spirit has given each of us a special way of serving others. Paul said in Ephesians 2, it is God Himself who has made us what we are and given us new lives from Christ Jesus. And long ages ago, get a hold of this, He planned that we should spend our lives helping others. Your existence is not incidental. Your skills are not happenstance or accidental. The Bible says in Psalms 33, God shaped each person in turn. Yet sadly, one study, research indicates that only 13%, 13%, 13% of people really enjoy their job and their work. 13%. No wonder the commuters on your drive tomorrow morning are so grumpy, mean, and filled with rage. Yeah. According to 13%, mathematically, that means that uh, nearly 9 out of 10 workers don't want to go to work. They don't like what they do. They don't like their job. The Bible says in 1 Peter, if anyone minister, let him do it as with the ability. Say those two words, the ability. The ability which God supplies. What is your ability? Young adults especially hear me in this. What is your ability? Your ability is what you do well. Your ability is what you have an interest and a passion for. What do they call people that go to work without enthusiasm? Unemployed. Especially in recession. Yeah. Your ability reveals your destiny. What you do for a living should conform to your divine design. It should conform to your ability. Hey, find something that you like to do and do it so well that people pay you for it. Talk about enjoying your best life now. But this even goes further. A boy named Adam wanted to be just like his friend Bobby. Bobby, however, wanted to be like Charlie. Charlie was impressed with uh, a young man by the name of Danny, the way he would confidently walk and talk. But Danny's hero was the first guy I mentioned, Adam. So what's the bottom line here? Adam was imitating Bobby, who was imitating Charlie, who was imitating Danny, who was imitating Adam. If you haven't been able to figure all this out, it turns out Adam, all he had to do was just be himself. What's God's message to us? Our creative God's message to us this morning is, you be you. You be you. You be you for the glory of God. You see, nothing good happens when we compare ourselves with others, when we compete with others. Comparisons kill. The Bible says in Hebrews 12, the race God has set before us, each of us have a particular race to run. For each of us, there is a race that is marked out, a pathway that is marked out. My pathway, my race to run is completely unlike yours. I'm not in competition with you. You're not in competition with me. When the rewards in heaven are handed out one day, 
It will not be because I beat you in the race or you beat me in the race. The rewards will be handed out to those who faithfully ran the race that God set out for them. They fulfilled their divine design and destiny. God doesn't judge us according to the race of others. But how faithful we have been in finishing the course set before us. You be you. Discover God's divine design in your life. If you need help with this, come to a pastor. Discover what God has called you to be and your destiny will be enjoying your best life now. Well, we're going to conclude this morning with real moms are living illustrations of perseverance. They're not quitters. They hold on. And they refuse. They refuse to let go of what God has called them to do. So persevering. It's been said that women live longer than men. I think mothering is key to this perseverance. The essence of pushing through pitfalls, not throwing in the towel. But it's hard. I'm amazed at how difficult it is for those in my home to replace toilet paper on the spindle, put caps on toothpaste, close doors, or overcome the enormous effort of putting dirty clothes in the hamper. I know it's tricky, but just bend at the hip and lift the lid. Or just place a sock in the sock drawer. (laughs) We won't even talk about the biohazards I've found in the sofa. And heaven help the child in my home who mixes dirty clothes with clean. With two sets of twins, the most common question I get is, how do you do it? And to this, I reply, I'll get back with you. (laughs) We survive. Each day is wildly different. Sure, we make schedules, lists, but everything stops when... Baby Jack poured a two-pound bag of rice into the floor register, and the house smelled like a Chinese restaurant for a month. (laughs) Or brunch stops when Logan shoved pancakes into the DVD player because he wanted to watch breakfast. Or weekend plans stop due to a fruit fly infestation because the boys thought it would be so much fun to hide fruit around the house. (laughs) Or recently, our day stopped because we thought there was a massacre in our home only to discover the girls found red food coloring. But Mama said there'll be days like this. Days of sleepless nights, embarrassing public tantrums, poorly timed potty breaks, or that ominous phone call from school. And the thought that keeps me up in the middle of the night, eight years and they'll be driving. 
and dating. I still remember having run-ins with my mom, a constant eye-rolling condition. I had to have the last word. High school, moody, 90s grunge, couldn't wait to leave for college, rarely grateful. But it didn't take long for that first week as a freshman to become homesick. Instead of... You laughed? Okay. Okay, sorry. Instead of preaching a lesson, she sent care packages, clever cards, and long-distance calls. And when I found out I was pregnant with twins, she sent an enormous box of my favorite things, like Simon and Garfunkel, very dorky. And even this week, my mom brought me lunch from a nasty tooth extraction. Yes, I'm in my 30s, and we'll leave it at that. But I still need my mom. You see, she never stops being a mom, despite the season and even the storms. From toddler to teen to a 30-year-old, she saw purpose in her work. She didn't compare herself by watching Bravo, God help us, (laughs) but desiring to hear the applause of heaven, the Bravo of heaven, of thou good and faithful servant. So with two sets of twins times two, how do I do it? I had a persevering mom show me how to do it. Moms. We're talking about real moms. They persist. They endure. They hang in there. They persevere. Like persevering moms, God calls us to be overcomers who exercise a faith which refuses to give up in the shadow of the headman's axe just before he was martyred and decapitated by the Roman emperor Nero. The apostle Paul wrote these words. Paul said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Tragically, tragically, I've pastored this church long enough to see those that began running the race with us years ago, and they're not here today. They haven't finished their course. What has God called you to? Has God called you to be a parent? A father, a mother, finish your course. What has God called you to? Has He called you to a godly marriage? Finish your course. What has God called you to? To be a faithful lakeside attender and to minister in one of our Sunday school classes or our ministries? Finish your course. What has God placed within your hand? Do it with all of your might. Be found faithful to Him. Don't be another statistic in Christian circles where the dropout rate has become incredible, where Christians that used to run uh, in the strength and the vigor and the anointing of the Holy Spirit have dropped out. They've caved in. They've copped out. Somehow, somewhere, they compromised. Discouragement, despair, doubt. 
will do that to you. Listen, everyone experiences trouble. There's no door that's strong enough to keep out trouble. There's no wall high enough to keep out trouble. The only people that have all of their troubles behind them are the dead and school bus drivers. Trouble. You've got a choice. You've got a choice to invade the darkness, to encourage yourself in the Lord, and refuse to be a quitter, refuse to go over the hill and be A-W-O-L, or you drop out. Will you determine to finish the course that God has set before you? Carly, I heard her story just recently. Birthed and born as a baby girl with severe autism. Unable to communicate. Unable to speak. Unable to transact any speech whatsoever with her parents. Day and night, her arms uncontrollably flail. The authorities told these parents of Carly to put her in a special home. The authorities, the experts told mom and dad, your daughter will always be this way, plagued with severe autism. She will never be able to speak, communicate. She is incapable of receiving and giving love. Put her in a special home. Mom rose up and said, no! I'm going to love this child. God has somehow, somewhere given me this child. And both mom and dad loved little Carly and spoke God's words, words of faith into little Carly. For 11 years, she never communicated one iota of any concept, word, or speech until that day when she was 11 years old and they found her at the keyboard of the computer. And this is what she wrote. I have autism, but this is not who I am. Mom, thank you for believing in me. I know I'm not the easiest child in the world to love, but you are always there for me to pick me up when I fall. To date, Carly has written her first novel. You see what happens when you finish your course. You see what happens when you invade the darkness and you choose to be a victor instead of a victim in Christ Jesus. Stand upon the promises of God which are yea and amen in Christ Jesus our Lord. Take your stance. Encourage yourself in the Lord. And for they that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with the wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. Hallelujah. We can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens us. Anybody can be a dropout. Anybody can be a quitter. But God has called us to nothing less than to be overcomers in Him. And listen, though the road gets weary, though the pathway becomes dark and dim, though disappointment and difficulties attack you from every side, your God is always with you. He'll never abandon you. One of the worst, one of the worst, one of the worst hospital calls I was ever called out to was over here at Henry Ford West. 
Pastor, will you come up and minister to my daughter? She has just birthed her fifth child, and she doesn't want it. I came up in that hospital room, and it's indelibly etched upon my mind. I'll never forget it. Here was a woman sitting up in her hospital bed, and her jaw was set. And as I walked in the room, she said, Pastor Phil, I don't want it. And this beautiful baby little girl was shoved in the corner, abandoned, deserted, unwanted, rejected. The Bible says in Isaiah 49 verse 15, God says this, Can a mother forget her nursing child? Can she feel no love for the child that she has born? But even if that were possible, I would not forget you. I say to you this morning, He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Lo, He is with you always, even to the end of the age. So lift up your head, square your shoulders, and run the race that God has set before you. Well, Pastor, the days are difficult. Pastor, the days are getting darker. Pastor, the doubts and the discouragements of life are attacking me. Pastor, I feel like I'm at the end of my rope. Then tie a knot in it and hold on. Hold on. Hold on. The rewards are only for the overcomer. Listen. God is not only faithful to you in this life. He'll be faithful to you throughout all eternity. And on that day, when you close your eyes in death, The next instant, you will open them to see beautiful angels escorting you into the loving embrace of the one who loved you the most, the one who loved you best, the lover of your soul, Jesus. But if you choose, if you choose, if you choose to be a dropout, a quitter, If you choose to run the race that the world is running and deny your only Savior and your only God, then my Bible says that you will suffer eternal separation. What is the definition of eternal separation from God? How can I say eternal separation in one word? Hell. I know it's not politically correct in today's church to mention it, but I'm here to tell you heaven is real. Hell is real, and eternity is just a breath away. In hell, I believe that the worst punishment of all is being forgotten and forever abandoned. You'll never receive an email, never receive a birthday card, a Mother's Day card. You'll never receive a text, a Twitter. You'll never receive any Snapchat. You won't receive any communication. It will be as though you never existed. Totally uttered abandon. That's why the price, the stakes were so high. That's why Jesus, the lover of your soul, 
went the distance. He persevered. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Now get a hold of this. For the joy set before Him, He endured. He endured. He didn't enjoy the cross. He endured it, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He endured the cross. Why? He saw you. He saw you and you. You and you and me. And every drop of blood from that cross said, I love you. My favorite Mother's Day story in closing this morning comes from the papers, the newspaper headlines of Florida. A mommy looked through her kitchen window and smiled as she saw her son Tommy who had come home from school for the umpteenth time and he dove into the small lake behind their home to take an afternoon swim. But this time as she looked through the window, a scream came from her lips as she saw a a huge gator chasing her son as he frantically swam to reach the shore. She ran out of the kitchen, she ran down the yard, and she got there at the beach just when those big jaws snapped closed on her son's legs. Who won the tug of war? Listen, when a mommy like a she-bear fights for her child, ain't nothing in God's creation that's going to stop her. That holy adrenaline took hold in that mother and she literally ripped her son out of the jaws of that old gator and saved his life. Months later, after a series of operations, the news reporters came and interviewed the young man in the hospital room. And he showed them the the, the gator scars up and down his legs where it had hunched and munched and lunched on him. But he said, that's not the scars I really want to show you. He lifted up his shirt and there were deeply embedded nail-like scars in his chest, in his uh, under his shoulders and his stomach and they said well, why did you want us to show us those scars is that again what the gator did to you he said no those are the scars from my mother she just wouldn't let go and I'm spared today because of it how about it sir how about it ma'am young lady Young sir, is there a mother praying for you right now and she just won't let go? Is there a mother that you've come to church with this morning and her prayers dog you night and day and she just won't let go? Even if she passes away and dies and goes to be with the Lord, my Bible and your Bible says those prayers are deathless and they'll keep you awake at night (laughs) and tell you that there's a, a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. When we get to heaven, 
How will you recognize Jesus? Nobody knows what Jesus looks like, but we'll know him by the scars, the nail prints in his hands. Evidence that he just wouldn't let go of you and I. Would you bow your heads with us? Father, in the name of Jesus, on this mom's day, as mothers are praying right now, as mothers are interceding right now, Lord, as Christian mothers, oh God, are refusing to give up and they're holding on to the promises of God, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, how many here this morning, you're not sure that you're right with God. You're not sure you have a home in heaven and you want to be sure. Isn't it time you said yes to Jesus? Isn't it time? Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. And I'm prepared to pray a prayer, a prayer of salvation, a prayer that will make you right with God, a prayer that will give you a home in heaven. All you have to do is own this prayer. Believe in this prayer. Include yourself in this prayer. I'm prepared to pray it. How many, as heads are bowed, eyes are closed, no one is looking around in the sacredness of this moment. How many are here this morning and you would say, Pastor, I'm not sure I'm right with God, but I want to be sure. Pastor, I want to be included in your prayer. Would you just lift up your hand right now if that is you? God bless you, sir. How many more? Lift it up high to Jesus. Lift it up high to Jesus. I want a home in heaven, Pastor. I want to know that I know that I'm right with God. Thank you, young lady. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. How many more this morning? How many morning? Yes, yes. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Entire families for Jesus. Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. Keep those hands lifted up. I want you to believe in what you're about to pray. I want you to pray it out loud with me. In fact, everyone pray it out loud this morning, especially you that have lifted up your hands. Are you ready? Dear Jesus, I confess I'm a sinner, but Jesus, you're my Savior. Save me, Jesus. I believe you died for me. You paid the price for my sins. And I believe you rose from the dead with resurrection life. I want that life, Jesus. A new life. A changed life. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing me. Thank you, Lord, for cleansing me. For changing me. I thank you, Jesus, that I'm saved and on my way to heaven. In the name of Jesus, I receive this as I believe it. Amen and amen.